to episode 60 of For the Love of Guns. My name's Jason, and I am really happy to have Joe Morse on the show. Now, Joe's been on a few times, and he's another content creator. And quite frankly, Joe and I just needed to have, well, a show where we could relax, just kind of talk and just kind of, well, almost make fun of what we do for a living. Because sometimes it is extremely stressful working in a gun shop. Now, I don't work in a gun shop anymore, but Joe still does. He is a gunsmith. And um, you'll hear me say that, the little disclaimer, what we say is our own opinions and not that of our employers, because it's not. Sometimes it doesn't matter what job you have, you need to vent. And Joe kind of had a little bit of a problem lately. He was heading down to IV 8888 for that little, I don't want to say conference, but it's its a shoot, you know, where you get to go out there from Iraq veteran. He puts on this thing every year. It's a range day. Great event. I have not yet been able to get down there, but it is on my bucket list. And Joe couldn't go. Everything just fell apart on this trip. And this is a big trip for him. And well, for me, I just needed something fun. And I have a lot of fun talking to Joe. I really enjoy talking to him. And um, well, we just get a chance to talk. Now, before we talk to Joe, time to pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by you. You're the reasons I continue to bring you content, but I do need your help. All I need to do is before you go shopping, Go to www.trb.fyi, go up into the menu and click Partners and Discounts. And in there, you'll see a list of all the partners that are helping me bring you content. Click on the link before you go shopping, and a small portion of your purchase will come back to the channel, and it won't cost you a penny more than you were already going to spend. And if you look in there, there are discount codes for some of these vendors. So not only Will you help the channel, but you'll also save a little bit of money while you're doing it. And who couldn't use a little extra money? With the bills paid, let's talk to Joe. Joe, tell me about your love of guns. Well, anyways, I'm here with a good friend of the channel, Joe from Shooting Gallery New England. Joe, thanks for joining me today, man. Yo, this is like we were talking, it was just gonna be just a a fun episode, right? So oh, yeah. for those of you listening, we're not going to mention who Joe works for. And all the opinions here are those of the individual, not of <laughs> any employers that we may nope. or may not work for. Absolutely because not. we're going to have fun kind of, well, making fun of some people. <laughs> two two so, years of a disgruntled gunsmith. <laughs> <laughs> So I asked Joe to do this episode. I was just thinking, you know, let's do something fun. I was like, let's talk about like the good and bad stuff that we see, you know, that we have seen or that we see in shops. Because there's, believe it or not, people, when you go to a gun store, there's lots of stories about, well, you <laughs> that go around behind the scenes. Um, some are good. Some, well, some we're still laughing about years later. So, and, and to preface this, this is not like we hate our jobs or hated what job we had. It's 
we just or our customers. We like our customers. It's yeah, just, I have people do some cu- stupid crap sometimes. Yep. I I have some customers that I that I deal with and work on their firearms that I light up whenever I see them because they're always the nicest. They're excited to tell me what they want to do, and I'm excited to help them. They don't bother me. They trust me. They say, just do what you got to do. And then you get those customers that decide they think, oh, you drop it off at 10 o'clock on a Sunday. By, you know, 9 o'clock that night, it should be done. Like, it, it, and that's just not how it like, works. Like, not, no other work is ahead of them. Oh, I tell you, you know, it, it, I, I, I keep my phone on silent. Like, I, the, 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 the phone in the shop, I don't, there's a rule. There's no phone calls that are answered in, my, in, the, in the gunsmith shop. I, 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 if I have to talk to a customer, I have no problem, you know, saying, yeah, no, put me through. I'm not answering that phone, though. That I, I can hear it going off all day out through the shop. It's silent in the shop. I don't know. I'm not, I don't have time for that. I got better stuff to do. Well, and that's the whole thing is I don't think people understand it. When you're back in the shop working, you've got your focus on your work, right? I mean, you can't really afford to have a split break going on. No. You need to focus on what you're doing because you're talking about fixing, well, machinery, right? I mean, let's face it. It's, yeah. it's a piece of machinery. It's a tool. It's yeah. wh- however you want to think about it. And it becomes a safety issue, right? I mean, you need to keep your focus on that. So that way you put this gun back together correctly or you identify a broken part correctly or even just troubleshooting. Because let's face it, a failure could be multiple different parts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And people just think that, hey, you know, this is just instant. And it's not. I, you know, I might have to sit there and cycle that gun three or four hundred times. Just, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with a trigger. Yep. I had to say I had the exact issue this week, uh, yesterday. I had a Smith & Wesson Model 36. And I'm doing my research on it, like, because Smith & Wesson at one point, they just made that gun as a double action only. And the guy's like... Oh, the single action doesn't work, and I'm working the safety probably about 50 times, and I'm like pulling the hammer back. I'm like, is this a double action only model? And I'm and I'm I have the whole like gun apart, and I'm looking at it trying to figure out. And, and this is about an hour and a half, like easily about an hour and a half. Um, looking at Smith and Wesson forums, so it's like, okay, I got to call a customer. Like, hey, do you just buy this new or used? And you thought it was this double single action? And he's like. Nope, it's been a single action ever since 1976. You know, I've always had a single action to stop working. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So after an hour and a half of, like, messing with a gun and then finally getting to a customer, it's like, okay, so this is, uh, it's not, like, you know, user error. Like, there's an actual malfunction. It's, (laughs) if you've ever taken apart a Model 36, uh, sorry, 30, uh, Model 39, it's not a fun gun to put back together. It's no, what's fun is uh, funny is I find I find semi-autos traditionally for me are easier to take apart and put back together than revolvers. Yeah, it and depends on the revolvers. Like, it depends I, on the I revolver, but I love Ruger I just, revolvers. I just think I, I don't know if it's just my brain um, that I'm just a semi-auto kind of person. And that's just the way it yep. thinks. Even though like a Beretta has about a billion parts in them. Yep. I think I'd rather take a Beretta apart and put it back together before, you know, a, a, a revolver. Yeah. Um, I think I just understand the concepts of a semi-auto. Not that I don't understand the concepts of a revolver, but I, I don't I don't see them that often. 
right? Yeah, I I see on on average I'll see out of ten guns I'll see maybe seven semi-autos and three revolvers, and usually it's like a double action revolver that they want like a spring kit installed in and like it's just swapping springs so they put an apex and a j frame that's usually the most common i don't really do polishing and just because i'm i'm not comfortable with my skill level yet to polish a sear on a revolver i don't also at the same time if they really want me to i always tell them okay I'm not comfortable with it because this would be my first time trying to polish a trigger, and I don't want you to be the test case because, yeah. one, the second I start polishing, that voids your warranty. Second of all, I'm not going to break a gun that could possibly be more money than you're gonna. I'm going to charge for the labor. So it, it's, it's you have that level of trust and understanding with your customers, and sometimes they don't like that, and they say, you know, how are you a gunsmith? And it's like, so you, you want me to work on your gun, and now you're insulting me. Okay, that that yeah. this is a start, a start of a great relationship. That's that's like that's like pissing off the mechanic that's working on your brakes of your car, right? Yeah, you just don't do it. You just don't do that. <laughs> it's but again, I I look forward to those customers that I love that come in on a regular basis. Like I have one guy that comes in probably three times a week to go shooting. He's I've actually he's the only customer I will walk on the sales floor and sell him a gun. And when I meet Solomon Gunn, I talk to him, and then someone else handles the paperwork because I don't really need to learn any more paperwork than I already have to deal with. But I will – the only guy – if they ever see me in the sales floor, they're like, oh, he's working with so-and-so. And he's the he's the only guy I work with on the sales floor. Like right now, I just had to – I hooked him up with a SIG – what was it? The Mark 25. And okay. uh, he was like all about it. Loved it. He's getting into red dots, but he wants something with iron sights. Then he brings the SRT kit in, and that kit's actually really fun to install, and I love doing that stuff. A flat face trigger. We hooked him up with a uh, TLR1 HL, and then he's like, I want a holster. Okay, well, A&R Design's getting another order. <laughs> so it, it's, it's he's stuff that like thing that. Out. <laughs> I've, that, that. And that's like the fifth gun I've done it with. Like, it, 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 he likes, he just loves shooting. That's a customer that I will go out of my way, stop what I'm doing. But... At the same time, I, I don't know if you get this, but sometimes I've noticed, and I understand why now, gunsmiths or just anybody that works at a gun shop, they tend to get this, like, stereotype that they're grumpy, yeah, they're not people persons, or or they're, you know, they're a little bit, you know, gruff because of the stupid questions they get. And, and like, I'm not saying any question's stupid, but... When you get the repetitive questions probably 30 yeah, it's, times a it's day. The, it's the fifth time that they just had to deal with that in the past hour. The exact yeah, same exactly. question. Uh, yeah. or, or you have the customer that's like, you know, just PO'd at you because, God forbid, uh, you know, a refinishing job that you sent out to an outside source because you don't have it set up in the shop is taking more than a month. And you get that call once or twice a week. Then you get an, after you get off that call, you get another customer coming in complaining why his red dot's taking so long to install because you're also have to deal with thirty other things in the shop before you get to that red dot install. So it's just 
I understand now why some people hit that stereotype. I try my best, but sometimes it, it, it just, you know, you give you good in your bad days, you know? <laughs> well, it's funny that you talk about that. So, um, Hungry Handgunner, right? Now is yes, an archetype, yeah. archetype of man. Yeah, he just did yeah. a, a video on his channel because, you know, he went to go work for a gun store. Yep. And then he got burned out doing content because he's working at the gun store and he's like, this is too much because I'm dealing with all this stuff every day. And then I'm coming back and doing a video on it. And it was, it burned him out. Right. Yep. I think that um, happened to me that I haven't, I'm still in like this funk or I haven't done any content and I'm working so much in the shop. I'm really busy at the shop and I just, I haven't, like I'm just doing the podcast right now because it's like, I'm doing it all day. So I'm trying to put well, my content on other platforms that doesn't have to do with guns just to keep doing content because I, I, it's, it's so hard that it's 24 seven. Sometimes you just need a break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, last month when we had the flood here down in, in the studio, I was dealing with some family stuff. Like it was like the perfect storm of that hit oh, yeah. my life. And fortunately I had some, some videos build up. Um, yep. I'm now running out of videos. So I got to start producing content again, but I at least had a buffer, right? But it was, uh, the podcast that early, cause right, right then I got hit with a strike on the YouTube channel. Oh, so I that week that there was no podcast. Um, actually there's no Monday or Wednesday podcast. And it, I got the Monday podcast back up and running. Um, the Wednesday, Wednesday podcast is starting to get back. You, 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 your life burns you out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it completely burns you out. Then you have to deal with, you know, you know. So since I don't work in the firearms industry every day anymore, um, it's kind of nice because when I started doing surcoat work when I was in FFL, yep. I loved doing surcoat work. Yep. I, I enjoyed it when I was learning it. I absolutely loved doing it. And then what happened was is that I'm like, okay, I'm good at this. I started doing it. Right. I started offering it as a service. As, as my, you know, part of my gun shop. I hated doing surcoat work. <laughs> right? Yep. And, and it's the funniest thing because I love doing surcoat work, but then I took something I enjoyed doing and made it a job. And yeah. that's yeah. where, you know, fortunately for me now that I'm not doing that as, as an FFL anymore, I, you know, now it's just the, the channel. I get to screw with guns. I get to have fun with it, with this stuff again. Right. Yeah. Which kind of drives me. I, I can understand. I totally understand when someone gets burned out because they're doing this crap every day. And then now they got to do a video on it. Yep. And I, and that's the thing. Now I'm trying to like, re, I'm trying to reconsider like types of gun videos to do on the channel because I'm, that's why I, I'm trying to stray away from like installs and like gun builds because I do that every day at work. And if I do that at home, that's, that's just, it, it's, it's work. It's, it's work. you're doing, you just so did it all day it, and now you're doing it again for yeah, fun, so at least but it's yeah, work. At least, I'm, at least I'm doing gun reviews of just shooting guns. That's not work. That's just me having fun shooting guns. So yeah. I'm still trying to gear it towards that and throw a little bit in here and there. Um, my, my one thing I do want to start doing is just like what I did on, what I'm doing on TikTok is the gunsmith chronicles of showing people like, this is what gunsmith deals with, but do it on YouTube. And it's kind of like, if you're going into a gunsmith shop and they have, you know, or a gun shop that has a gunsmith and you want something, 
it's kind of like etiquette on like kind of like yeah. a series on etiquette and like kind of gauging okay do i really need to drop this off or can i just kind of talk to the gunsmith so he can kind of walk me through it and if i really don't feel comfortable have him do it it's kind of just like a like do's and don'ts when talking to a gunsmith because trust me i love my job i love working on guns for the most part unless i get like that you know the the Remington 1100 is my kryptonite, and I get one of those, and I do the head roll, and I yeah. just I kind of want to just kind of yeet it down the you know tile floor. But <laughs> um, it, it I they most of the time everyone's for the most part happy, unless you get that you get the outside you know sources coming in and kind of ruining their day. But you got to gauge them if they're coming in. Clearly, they probably have like ten stuff. Like for me. I do a lot of compliance work for my state. So when I get those in, I have to field phone calls while I'm also trying to get like 15, uh, you know, Galil while you're, while out. you're creating videos that absolutely drive me nuts. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I swear you do those videos just to piss me off. I'm just going to start tagging you in them from now on. So it just gets directly in your feed. Like, Oh, here's, Sig Legion mag. Oh, this is going to here's work. A, here's a $60 <laughs> magazine that I'm going to drill and pin. Oh, this I did it this with will a, piss Jason off. <laughs> oh, I did it with an MP5 mag one time, and Walter Keller texted me, and he was just like, "Oh, really? Oh, that had to have killed him." Oh, even uh, Babyface P also. He's he's like, "You're you're you're, that's just sacrilegious." I'm like, eh, well, "What are you gonna do?" But you know, but, and that's the thing. Like, I, you got it. That that's how I have found a way to just like laugh at it. Like, yeah, this. This type of work is kind of boring. It's kind of like, you know, I don't even want to do this, but this is how I but pay my bills. If and you think might... about it, though, like compliance work. So yeah. for those of us don't, that don't live in a state that's restricted like that, we don't see that stuff. I mean, if no. you think about it, that's you putting those videos out is almost educational to everybody else of how good they've got it. Yep, it, that's exactly why I do it. Next to, I like seeing the comments of like the Boogaloo boys in my comment section saying that I'm a fud, I'm a, uh, I'm a narc, um, uh, shall not comply. I they throw some expletives in there. Um, it, it, it's quite funny. Usually when that takes off at like you know fifty thousand views, I'll sit back on my lunch break and I'm just like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then you know, naturally I have to start messing with them, and yeah. you know it just drives engagement up but you know that so like okay say you, you, you a guy a person walks in they want like an apex trigger on mp you don't know what if a gunsmith is dealing with something like that and he comes out and he's like, i'm not gonna lie he's not in the best of moods and they're like oh i want an apex trigger because i want like a you know half a pound trigger pull and you hear that and naturally you just want to just like do like the killer kowalski face crunch and be like a half a pound trigger it's an apex you're getting maybe three pounds that that that's your that's your why do you need yeah. a half a pound trigger and you know, you know it's it's more of you're continuing the education of either intermediate gun owners new gun owners um you know seasoned people or people that have never touched a gun in their life and they just they're just getting into this great lifestyle and you're gonna have to feel. You're gonna deal with that probably 15 times a day, and there's always gonna be that one guy that just just takes a tap dance on your last nerve after fielding it. But it's also rewarding because when they come back, and they are so excited and jazzed up, and it's like, okay, it's worth it. Like that, that's yeah. worth it. 
they got their or they just bought another gun. They want you to do the same thing. Like that's worth it. That that's what's worth it to me. You know, it's funny you say that. So I'm going to go back to the half pound trigger pull. Um, I remember oh, yeah. I had a rifle come in. It was um, I'm trying to remember what it was. It, it was some big bore uh, bolt action, and it had a one pound trigger pull to it. Now, uh, him and his father were customers of mine, right? And I remember this rifle coming in, and he's like, feel that trigger. And I'm like, okay, like, sh- this is not safe. And you're yeah. going to use this for hunting, right? Yeah. He's like, no, this is going to be great. And I'm, like, even his father was like, I will not go hunting with you if you take that rifle. And yeah. I remember looking at him going, dude, you're lucky this thing's a bolt action. Because if this is semi, that trigger is so hair, it might go full auto just from the recoil of the gun. Yep. Because it, I, I, I forget what, what was it? I, it was it's, some, it was a seven millimeter mag or something like that. I mean, it was something heavy. Wow. That it, it's, we're not talking like a 22, right? I mean, this, yeah, this has no, got some serious recoil to it. I'm like, uh, yo, know, I understand getting a light trigger, but it comes to the point where a light trigger is unsafe. Yeah. And that, yeah, we had a guy, that was right? unsafe. We had a guy come in with a seven, uh, Remington 770 with a light trigger, and he had like a bunch of hand loads, and he's like, I want you to fix this, and no one makes parts for 770s anymore, so it was, I, think, yeah. I think it was like a 7 miller, seven millimeter odd 8, and he's like, okay. well, do you, he's like, oh, uh, it's not working, I'm like, yeah, because you probably broke a couple parts in this thing, it had a really light trigger, I'm like, yeah, dude, we can't, he's like, do you want it? I'm like, No! I don't want this. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun to me. I mean, like, if you're coming at me with, like, a Desert Eagle and you're just like, oh, I don't want it to, I'll sell it to you for real cheap. Yeah, I'm going to buy it just for Yeah, I'll be all on it. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I want a Remington 770, which was literally the cheap, like, floor shavings rifle that Remington produced because they, at, for people at that point, go out, at that point, go out and buy a Savage Axis, you know, love, and I replace the gun. I, I love those guns. <laughs> But, What's uh, funny speaking is of, speaking of Savage. So this is what I've seen at the at the shop. They just came out. You know those new straight pole actions they came out with. Yep. A customer. I don't know who did, but brand new gun. No one's ever even bought it. They managed to turn the bolt like at like a forty five, and the bolt. It's a straight pole. And I saw that. I'm like, yeah. who did that? I, I I wanted to like find the person and be like, how did you manage this? Like. It's a straight pole. It's not supposed to go up at a forty-five. Um, yeah. What did you do? Are you Hulk Hogan? Like, do you did you really like? It's jacked up. Break the, the lugs at, off. I mean, the guys at Savage were like, "It's a straight pole," and I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "And what's wrong with it?" I'm like, "The bolt's out of forty-five, locked in the action." He's like, "It was just silence," and I can tell the guy <laughs> was just like, "How?" <laughs> they almost want to put that into a museum afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, it just, just the, yeah. the sheer, just like clearly, it's like you gotta respect that stuff. Like, how did you manage yeah. that? I'm like, I, I respect you for that one. Like, that's interesting. You know, I'll, I, I don't mind explaining that to everybody I talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny when you get things like that. Um, you know, I remember one of the biggest things I have, you know, I had was this, you know, this gun won't work. This gun won't work. This is the biggest piece of crap, right? And then. You get it in, and you're looking at it going, the gun needs to be cleaned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You just need to clean the gun, right? How, oh, I clean the gun. Like, 
Well, if you're cleaning this, you're doing it wrong. Um, but even, I can tell you're not cleaning the gun. Just clean the damn gun. You know, it's like you clean the gun, and then there's like, this is the greatest thing in the world. What would you do? Cleaned it. Mm-hmm. I threw yep. it. It was so bad, I threw it in an ultrasonic cleaner because it just needed to be cleaned. Yeah. And then, um, you know, a lot of the things I had, I had, um, I had this, this lady, she had a 22 that just was not working. And I'm looking at it, and she's like, yeah, this is supposed to be so reliable. And this, this guy is like, this ammo is the best in the world, and it's like the cheapest 22 ammo. I forget what it was. Was it like the Remington Lightning or oh, like the, even like yeah, the... lo- even lower than that or Thunderbolt or whatever that. So I'm looking yeah. around because I know I have like packs of it on the shelf over here from just working cheap stuff. Um, yeah. I remember she's just like, it just – I go – I just gave her like 10 rounds of 22. Like, here, go shoot a mag of this. And she's just like, really? I go, the gun's clean. She's doing a great job maintaining the gun. Here, just shoot this. I get a call. She's like, that was amazing. What was the ammo? I was like, federal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, I, I thought, especially with 22s, is that it, it just needs to be cleaned half the time. The, I, yeah. I've gotten to the point where I can get a P22 and I can get a SR22 singing like a top because no one realizes if you take that roll pin out that goes in the slide that holds like your sear and breech face, all yeah. that gunk on the top of that, that's what clocks everything up. So I'm like, oh, this is like an easy 30 second, not 30 second, but like five minutes, knock yeah. the roll pin out and. I, I love using the Aegis cleaner for it because it just eats it all up, spray it down the air holes, lube it up. You're all set to go. And they're like, what'd you do? I'm like, it's just, you probably don't have a roll pen punch and that that's why. Yeah. But and they're like, oh, it works great. I'm like, yeah, go use hashtag Joji. is 15% off there, lady. There you go. <laughs> Shameless. But it's funny cause I, and you know what? I love Rod, right? Rod and I, man, when I get talking to Rod, we talk forever. Right? I mean, he's just oh, such a great guy. Um, you know, after the flood here, um, <laughs> so my range bag, I had been to the range, and my range bag was on the floor, so of course my range bag got flooded. Mm-hmm. And it absorbed all the stuff up, and I had a SIG in there. And of course, you know, finally getting to, you know, because there's so much stuff you got to do during a flood, moving crap out. I mean, I know you had a basement flood. Yeah, it wasn't you bad, mo- but yeah. You got to move everything. Everything's got to go because you got to check everything out. And, um, and we had standing water here, so it was it was nasty. And so it's like a week later, I finally get to my range back. And I pull that sig out, and I'm just like, "Oh shit!" And I'm looking at it going, "This is going to be this is going to be a refinished job, right? I'm, yep. I'm going to be I'm going to be firing up the sandblaster on this one." Yep. And then yeah, I called Joe because I remember Joe doing. Um, pictures of flood guns before. I'm like, hey, Joe, um, you know, can you, can you walk me through this thing? Because, yeah, basically all we're going to be doing is cleaning your gun. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, we're, that's all we're going to do. We're going to clean your gun. That, he goes, because it's surface rust, right? And I'm like, yeah. And we're on the video, you know, and I'm showing him. He's like, yeah, I guess we're going to. So we're pulling his stuff out, you know, the, 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 he just, um, and it was really the oil. Just yeah. took that, you know, because I, I started with the cleaner. Before before we actually got talking to him, he goes, "Yeah, it's the oil that actually does it." I'm doing the oil. I'm like, 
the gun, I mean, you can tell where it's deeper. I mean, and he's like, you are going to have to refinish that gun. He goes, but it's surface rust. It's just finished. It's screwed up. Um, you know, fortunately, it's a stainless steel slide, and you know we're going through that stuff. But yeah, stuff is it's it's awesome oh, stuff. It's, it's it's the best. I I, I got an old twenty two that I'm going to be taking some steel wool and just using the. I got I got an aerosol can of the lube, and like it's I can't wait. Like it, it's just going to look hopefully look so much better. Um, but, and and that's the like thing I've noticed too. Like working at the shop, it's I love old guns to a point. But when I start seeing the same guns, like, I don't know how many bolt-action Mossberg shotguns I've had to, like, clean and get surface rust <laughs> off of. Like, I have a, I have two bolt-action shotguns. I have one in 12-gauge and one in 410. I love them. I don't shoot them because I literally see them all the time. And I'm like, I, I could probably disassemble a 30, uh, uh, 395KB by Mossberg with my with blindfolded, like, no sensory everything. And be pretty accurate with it you know um but in this thing like old remington 511 field masters it's like <laughs> they're cool but at this point it's like i work on those so much like i i get jazzed up when i get kind of like upgrade parts for cz scorpions someone buys a cz scorpion rifle and they're like they just drop probably 600 dollars just in triggers scopes aftermarket yeah. handrails that's the stuff i like doing because it's not that it's easy it's the finished something product. completely different yeah it's something different you know like i i personally i want to start getting into stippling because it's something new or like i had a 1911 i had a wilson combat out it was like an r the guy had an r1 and he pretty much wanted to have an r1 enhanced without the threaded barrel and so we get him the hammer the beaver tail the extended safety and a flat bladed trigger that's not skeletonized that was four hours of i just like played some music lock the You're chilling out <laughs> oh yeah. it was so fun i ran like a hundred rounds through it passed all the safety checks and especially again with 1911s i don't like to be bothered because if i make one if i'm interrupted and i make one stroke too many on filing something down you have a safety issue like that like that gun's yeah. gonna go off so uh it that, that's again getting interrupted is probably the most annoying thing working at a shop because it's many factors go into it um so or so if, if or you know that joe is working call the shop and ask to talk to him probably <laughs> the worst decision you could ever make unless it's like something like you desperately need your help with and it's like all right i can do that but if you call me to say my gun's not working. It's just having cycling issues. Oh, did you clean it? No. Click. Joe, <laughs> I, I was thinking. I was thinking about rattle canning my AR. Do you think it's desert tan, or should uh, I go with like, like a like a pink? Should I do a Hello Kitty with it? Uh, yeah, no, that would not be smart. I, that, that those I'm like. Oh my God, Jesus H Christ! <laughs> that, oh yeah, that's and that's the thing. I don't, that's why I don't like doing the phone calls because it's like talk to me in person. Let's let me see it. I can't diagnose something over the phone. I hate doing that. I just say bring it in. Let's take a look at it. That um, that's one thing that drives me nuts about YouTube videos. Like mm -hmm. I have this, and they're explaining their problem. Like, man, I can't see that. <laughs> 
I I yeah. kind of need the guns in my hand to figure out what you what's going on with it. Yeah, some some of my subscribers have been really good. If they really like, I've had a couple people ask me questions because like they just they don't understand and they've commented and they've sent me pictures and I'm like, all right, so and they're cool about it. They weren't like, well, no, you're wrong. Uh, no, you're wrong. I'm like, okay, I'm wrong. Yeah, I lo- I love I'm, that I'm, you're wrong. I yeah. know that you're wrong. I'm like. I had a I had a comment I didn't even I didn't comment back on it. it's like this gun's better than that and or this is better than, I forget what it was now um, it tells you how much thought I went into remembering that this I just remember it happened um, and I'm like okay did, but do you have the other product at all you know I I because I stopped answering those because like no I'm like so how do you know that what you're saying is better than this one mm-hmm. you've never shot this one. Mm-hmm. If you shot both of them, I, I, I'd say it's okay. And, you know, on the other side is I might just also have the the one gun from this manufacturer that works mm-hmm. too. Yep. Or mm-hmm. you might have the one gun that didn't work. I mean, it's... Yeah. Everyone yeah. gets on my case because that uh, LCP2 light rack, the 22, everybody is having so much problems with that. I have had, like, none. I've had, like, one misfeed here or there because, like, that's 22 ammo. I love yeah. that gun. I'm going this week, hopefully, to do an ammo test of, like, what ammo works good, what's the accuracy. I love that gun. It's a little, tiny little friggin' pocket gun. But, yeah, everyone's like, that gun sucks. I hate that gun. I'm like, mine's working fine. Okay. I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but, and that's the thing, too. Like, it, it's, it's weird, man. Like, people will, I've noticed, too, because of my age, I get a lot of it, it doesn't matter if you're a gunsmith or a salesman or you own a shop, you work at a range. I've noticed the younger people get a lot more flack from other people from anybody because they think just because they're young they don't know. Yeah. Like me if I walked on the sales floor, I'm not tooting my own horn other than one other person on the on the sales floor of the shop I work at. I probably know a lot more than half the sales staff. Like, I can well, run circles. Even then, because you have not, a degree, is... you have a you have a degree. This is so important <laughs> to you. You went out and got a degree in it. Yes, I. You went I to college for have, it. <laughs> yes, I literally have a associates in firearms technology. Um, plus, I've been doing YouTube for four years. I found my passion on very early, so I threw everything into it. And I'm not saying that to be like a top of Harrison, but. If I get a guy coming to me asking me questions about a semi-automatic pistol, most of the time I kind of know what it is and I know what he's looking for and I can probably get him into one pretty quickly. But when they say, how do you know what you're talking about? I just, it's like, dude, you came here. You're the one that came in here. I'm just trying to help you out. So it's like that. that's the only, like, one of the only, like, deterrents I, like, deal with at the shop. It's, I know I'm young, but, dude, I know you've probably been in the gun since, like, you know, the 50s probably could help you out better than any gun shop you've ever been into because of the knowledge I have. And the shop I work at is fortunate to have a lot of people that are um, well-versed in, you know, every shop has that tactical Ted. They have their Millsert Mike and their, you know, guy that only loves shotguns, guy that loves every type of old bolt-action twenty-two in existence. Yeah. Everybody has that. Me, I'm into like I'm into like kind of my PCCs. I can do ARs, you know. I I'm I'm into stuff like that. So like, if you have a shop that's well versed, 
it's going to be the best shop to go to. And I tell people all the time, if you're new to firearms, you find that one shop that you probably bought your first gun at. Because I was a victim of this. I bought my first handgun at this one shop. And I thought it was the coolest shop. And then down the road, I start going to other places and realize, like, wow, those people are dickheads. <laughs> like, absolutely <laughs> yeah. dickheads. Yeah. And, I, and not just because of the shop I work at. Um, I've gone to other shops since I've worked at, into the shop I work at. I won't go to any other place because, one, the customer service is, like, top-notch. Other places, they have great customer service. They don't have the selection. It, yep. it's you're gonna have they have a great this but they don't have x y and c so yeah. shop around don't be the oh i bought my first handgun here i'll only buy from you guys and then you go to another place and you realize yeah f them <laughs> so it, well and it's funny you say that because you know when i was an ffl i was a small shop yeah i didn't have selection right because i couldn't afford you know a million yep. dollar half million dollar even a hundred thousand dollar inventory i just i couldn't afford that but what you got from me is that, you know, you no one could beat me on customer service. Yep. Right? And that's the thing, you know, I was talking to an FFL on the East Coast. We were on a, a forum together, and he's just like, how do you compete against, you know, name, you know just name a big box store. The game and, and my, res- like that. my response is like, you don't. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I go, you don't. You do, As a small FFL, you do not compete against them directly. I go, it is guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. I go, they have the selection that you will never have. I go, but you will have the customer service that they can never give. Yep. I go, I know. And that's that. how I built mine. Well, there's one, there's a shop if, for anybody that's listening to this and they live in the Maine area. They live in Maine. Kittery Trading Post is probably one of the biggest FFLs in Maine. Next to it's not a big box store. It's it's a three level place. Like the whole second level is all guns, ammo. They literally have everything. I spent five hours in that one floor just looking at the stuff they have. Wow. It's almost like going and to a gun show. It it that's it's got exactly, everything. It everything. Like the most ammo I've ever seen in my life. Going to a place like that, people literally travel to that store. Um if I was a gun shop in that area, like northern New Hampshire, right over the border of Maine or in Kittery or in Maine, how could you compete with that, with the selection? Their customer yeah. service was awesome. So if you threw like an Academy Sports in Maine, I mean, yeah, there that would be guerrilla warfare. But at the same time, the 10-minute training video the guys at Academy are watching on the gun counter are yeah. probably not have the best knowledge as the guys that's been running kittery trading posts since they've opened so yeah it it it, there's definitely good know your know your your customer base but at the same time have the customers know your customer service and know your knowledge um i i i like mom and pop shops but like facilities like the one i work at as long as you got the good you got good guys running it I I, 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 I I was a I I was I would say I was kind of a customer before I was an employee, but then again I work I live about an hour away from my work from my work I literally make that choice to drive an hour to work every day, and deal with traffic like I I that's why I go to I work there because it's and you good. post pictures about the traffic you have to deal with. Oh, oh my God, I'm so happy. <laughs> I've, seen, na, 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 I've seen some of your Instagram pictures and they're just like. 
man, I don't miss that crap anymore. <laughs> Dude, I, I my car was totaled because of that traffic. My car got flooded out because they just the, the traffic is like the the highway system has no like aqueduct drainage. system for, yeah, yeah no drainage system at all so when you drive through three feet of water in a little matchbox car you're just gonna fry your entire computer board and flood the car so i'm just i'm dealing with that but like now it's funny because i'm in new england and all these people all these hippies are coming over and they're like oh my god the, the leaves are changing this is so beautiful i'm like just go i want to get my coffee <laughs> and go to work just just get out of the way and then they bring that into the gun shop, and they're like, oh, we're looking at the trees. But also, I want to get this thing called a high point. Do you guys sell that? <laughs> no. They're not, they're not mass compliant. Two, no. Just that, – yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. It's just stupid stuff that you deal with. But it, it always evens up because you – like, I, I can't say enough good praises about – a lot of my good regular customers that I deal with, some are like ex-special forces. Some are just guys that got into guns really late in life over this whole pandemic thing. And they just love it. Or yeah. they just, you know, they're, they're just getting into a new hobby with their wife. And the wife and the husband are going shooting and they want, you know, stuff done. They want sites installed. And like this is one couple that they live in my area where they, they travel specifically to come to the shop I go to because of the customer service, the range, all that good stuff. And they, all they have are like two Taurus G3s, the full-size ones. Okay. They literally go all the time. I see them in the shop every weekend. I've changed sights out on the Tauruses for them. I've had to troubleshoot them a little bit. One of them got the slide lock back that was like over the rails, and I was just like, yeah, no problem. I, you know, I went inside. I kind of turned the music up so they wouldn't hear, it, and I took the rawhide mallet. And, hey, <laughs> <laughs> but like that—that's the thing. Like you get people like that, and it—it's like awesome. And then it, you know, it outweighs the fact that you get a footerific dude that yells at you because you can't get your shotgun done in time. <laughs> yeah. What's it's, what's the worst thing someone's done to a gun? That you've seen in the shop. I mean, you just look oh, at it and just go, what oh. the hell? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so, um, it happened to be a, uh, a gentleman that brought in this gun that thought it was a smart idea to, like, tactical Timmy, uh, um, uh, what was it? The Bren 2 out. And... He was complaining because he managed to get M-Lock all along it. And then also he was slicing his knuckles every time he charged the weapon. And I'm like, what are you doing? It, this is just one example. But I was just so amazed that you managed to do this. And I was just like, he got like a, a quick detach mount. And on the Bren 2, you don't really have that much clearance. The quick detach mounts were probably a good like inch over where the charging handle comes, so you're gonna uh, slice yeah, that yeah. open every single time. And then at the bottom, he not only had a, a like a strike eagle, he had forty five degree a forty five degree offset red dot with a vortex venom on top, a Viridian angled foregrip with a laser, 
<laughs> no sling. And I'm like, this thing's like 12 pounds. Um, then another time I had a guy bring in his like browning semi-auto shotgun, his goose gun. Oh, it's not working. And like he goes snow goose hunting, which is like you go on the beat. It's like a yeah. saltwater goose or something. Like, I don't know. I've never been there. I've never been hunting like that. And he's like, it's just not working. I, I, I don't understand. And I take the gun apart, and there was probably a good, like, inch and a half of just sand mixed with grease. And, like, I was just like, you're you're essentially just, like, wet sanding should, the inside of your receiver. Like, you should, at that point, you just run it dry. <laughs> you do less damage. Oh, oh my God. Like, I, I actually sent a picture of that to Rod, and I'm like, dude, for real? And he's just like, oh my god, wow! Did he like roll? Did he do like mud wrestling with it? I've seen that. I've seen oh, and then there was an FN five hundred nine. The guy, he was he's very new, wicked good customer. Like he just didn't know. He was on the range shooting his gun, and every time he changed the mag, he was taking CLP, dropping it on the slide rails and on the barrel. Every time, that's the only thing I could think of because I know how much he got. He shoots. He had so much sludge, it looked like fresh tar pavement on the slide rails. And I was like, I'm looking at it, and he's having, like, cycling issues, obviously. And I posted it, and it got, some, it, it got some, like, pretty good traction on Instagram. Like, everyone's like, did, like, he throw it in some, like, asphalt? Yeah. Well, it's, like, that's what it looked like. It took half a bottle of the Aegis Cleaner just to break up the CLP because, obviously, the heat – gets that clp just yep. turning into tatar and yeah. it came out good i looked at him I'm like don't use this <laughs> yeah. don't i'm like and i asked him like what are you doing and he's like oh i'm making sure it's lubricated i'm like you don't got to do that while you're shooting after you're shooting you clean it don't do it well because that's what yeah. this happens but like that that was the the shotgun and then the 509 that was so far the craziest thing um and then people get their KSGs stuck, and they, they say, oh, it's not working. And I just jettison the thing against the ranged bench, and the live buckshot comes right out, and that one kind of yeah. pisses me off, that one. that When someone says, oh, I have a live round stuck in the chamber, and they try handing you a bag, you just want to be like, no. Yeah, Don't touch stop. it. Where, where's it. the barrel? Yeah. Where, where is it? So, yeah. okay, let me take this away from you. <laughs> Put it down to the floor. That's that's what I I'm still learning to like. I can't handle when someone comes at you with a loaded gun. And yeah, I've never. I've only had one person. I thought he pulled out of the holster like this. It was a single action. They had no cylinder in. But he pulled it out of the holster. I didn't see the cylinder. I didn't know there was no cylinder in. So I kind of yelled at the guy really loudly. And he's like, "Oh, relax. There's no cylinder in the gun." But yeah, but I didn't know that. I I used to have a jar. Um, so privately, I used to call it, you know, my a-hole fee. Right? <laughs> if you brought me, because I was doing a lot of transfer work in and yeah. out. If you, even if I was doing a little bit of work, like site work or whatever on your gun. Mm-hmm. Um, if you brought me a gun with a live round into it, you got an a-hole fee. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you got $50 added to it. Mm-hmm. To whatever I was doing, um, and people were just like, I, "I don't. Why'd you charge me? You gave me an unsafe gun, right? You handed me a loaded gun. I 
specifically tell you, don't do that. And I had this jar, and that was every round that was in a barrel when it was handed mm-hmm. to the gun was handed to me. So basically, that was fifty dollars each each one. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember somebody come up, came up to me. You know, they're like, "What's what's with that?" I go, "That's the live round jar." He's a live round jar. I'm telling the story. He's like, "Who the hell does that?" I'm like, "It happens." You want to guess what he did? Gave you a gun with a live round in it. Gave me a gun with a live round in it. Yeah, there's no magazine in it. It's clear. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you forgot about the round. All of a sudden, the the five seven blue tip just pops right out of that one. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's like that won't just kill me on impact. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just like you have these people that they don't have a concept, you know, a concept of a loaded gun, right? I, yeah. I took the mag out. Did you rack the slide afterwards? Right? Or or what they'll do is have a mag in it, rack it, like, oh, yeah, okay, let it go, then drop the mag. Like, you just put a round into the chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I had a those, AR. Are, those things used to drive me nuts when people did that. Yeah, I had an AR that got brought in the shop for some work, and there was a mag in the gun, and naturally I'm like, oh, what the hell is this? I clipped the round out. I, it was a 10-round little AR mag, and... I take the mag out, I look out, and there's a green tip in there. And I'm like, it was a 5.56 green tip. And I'm like, hmm, let's see how this works. And this is the only time it's happened. And I went nuts. Oh, racked it, sure as shit. Green one tip came out. Came right out. One came out. And I was, that was probably the only time that's ever really happened to me. Luckily, that's, there hasn't been, other than when I know the customer's just like, I can't get this, un, I can't get this unlocked. There is a load around the chamber. Can you please help me? I bring it onto the range safely, you know, help him out. But like that's different. That's yeah. different. But like blatantly, like there's a hot round in there. I, I, that was not fun. I, I did not like that at all. I had, I had an inbound transfer one time. The gun made it all the way to me with a live round into it. <laughs> that's not good. And I was sitting there going, huh. How am I going to get my 50 bucks for this one? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Was it a, uh, uh, please tell me it was not a, like a massively huge rifle round. It was a nine millimeter. Okay. Okay. So, but, but they shipped it. They shipped it through, uh, with it came in. Actually that one, it, it came through another FFL. So that FFL didn't even check the gun before he shipped it. Cause it what came in through post service. Yeah, what if that went off in the postal truck and all of a sudden yeah. that like that's that's a safety issue. And, yeah. And, and, and I don't want to make this podcast just us like tr- you know trashing people we deal with because again, no, I can't stress this enough. The people these are that make things we see. Yeah, yeah, and again, like the people that I love talking to and like they make it all worth it outweighs all this stupid stuff that I that you and I have dealt with. So yeah. like well, uh, and that's the whole thing. Like, uh, so you know, you were talking about etiquette earlier. Mm-hmm. That is honestly the reason why I gave up my FFL. Um, Helena became busy. We got a lot of out of town people. People just did not have good etiquette. Um, <laughs> I had the sheriff's. You know, in ten years of having an FFL, if you do the math, you realize I turned my my license in early before it expired. Mm-hmm. I had the cops out here six times in 10 years. Five times 
in six months. And that's when I went, I'm done. Because, wow. of, be, because of people. And it, what pissed me off was is these five people screwed up. I had great customers. I absolutely loved my customers. I liked talking to them. Yeah. We had a good time when they were in the shop, just, just relaxing. Um, there, was, there were some customers that literally their wives hated the words, I'm going to Jason's. <laughs> right? I, because I have a, I have a few customers like that. There there's one there's one there's one customer I had that the wife you know, he would say, I'm going to Jason's. The first thing out of her mouth is what did you buy? Right? Yep. yep. <laughs> um but it, I mean they were great. I enjoyed it. I felt so bad that you know that I lost those customers and yeah. um because I really did enjoy working with them, but it's it's the it's the minority of peoples that that are just a holes that screwed up for everybody. Yep. I mean, exactly. I had I had one guy. Oh God, I, I love this one. One guy bought a uh, an old Smith and Wesson revolver. I can't even remember the model. It was a real POS, right? <laughs> I mean, I, when I pulled this thing out of the box, <laughs> it was it was raining parts, right? Oh, I love those. Yeah, you because know, the first so thing fun. I'm going to do is open up the cylinder. To, you know, make sure that it's unloaded. <laughs> the crane and just comes popping. <laughs> the, well, the crane, yeah. The, the, I mean, you know, the ejector, like the cl the clip on the ejector fell out. It, you know, and then like the cylinders in my hand. I'm like, holy crap. So, anyways, so I get this. I get this one in. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Maybe it's a project gun. Maybe it's a project gun. So the guy shows up to pick it up, and. He hands me a Washington State driver's license. No, I'm in Montana. And this is a handgun. Mm -hmm. Sorry, cannot transfer this gun to you. Why? Well, you have a Washington State driver's license, and you know this is Montana. He goes, well, I just bought a shotgun from Walmart. That was not a problem. Go, that's a long gun. That's a little different. This is a handgun. Legally not allowed to sell this to you. It's, fed it's federal law. I can't do it. I go, and... You're not 21. So even if you had oh. a Montana driver's license, so I got this gun that came in. He bought it, you know, he bought it at auction. What do I do? Not my problem. But I'm telling you, after a week, you're going to get hit with daily storage charges. So you better figure out what to do with it, you know, soon. So um, he calls the FFL on the other side. He, he bought it from. Well, that guy doesn't want it back. I mean, it's it was like a twenty-five dollar gun. He spent more on shipping than he did on the gun. Oh, this is right. awesome. So that FFL didn't want it back. So he goes, well, I'll just get my buddy to come do it. Well, no, that's called a straw purchase. Yeah. All right. So we're going through this whole thing with him in the shop. And I'm just like, this sucks. You know, this is totally just eating up my time. Mm -hmm. Well, he goes, well, look, you know, you got to give me the gun. I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I don't. <laughs> right. You're wrong on this one there, pal. So he gets so he gets mad. He gets he gets all mad at me. I'm like, I, I go to him and go, you're now trespassing. What do you mean? You need to get out. You're now trespassing. You're no longer welcomed here. You're trying to steal my gun. I go, I don't want this gun. Because he like, well, why don't you buy it off me? I go, I don't want it. <laughs> right? <laughs> so he starts he starts going he starts going ape shit on me. And so, I, all right, no problem. So, I, you know, I don't call 911. I know the sheriff's department 
dispatch number. I just called dispatch, right? And I call up, and and the cops know because I was doing all their transfers. I was doing five dollar transfers for cops and yeah. and uh, you mm-hmm. know fire all my all my first responders. So it was five bucks. Mm-hmm. So the cops were here. You know they they loved it here. You know they come get a gun and all that stuff, and it was cheap. So you know I called dispatch. Go hey look, I, my name's Jason Schaller. I here's my address. I'm an FFL, and I have someone who does not, you know, will not leave the shop, and is demanding a gun. You, know, you start hearing this stuff, and you know the dispatcher's like, "Oh shit!" So, you know, that's going out over the radio fast. <laughs> so my response times were like five minutes, right? Oh, that's awesome. Because all the cops know, they hear my address, they they know what's going on, right? Because I'm oh, a gun that's dealer. Awesome. So, cop, yeah. Squad car pulls up, comes walking out. Hey, Jason, how you doing? Like, oh, okay. He goes, what's going on? Guy won't leave the shop. What's the deal? Tell him. Goes up. <laughs> Sir, you're going to have to leave the premises. You've been told to leave. You need to leave. He's trying to steal my gun. He goes, well, sir, you are a Washington resident, right? Yes. Can't sell you a handgun. Okay. And he goes, you're also under... 21, so you can't, even if you were a Montana resident, he can't sell it to you anyway. You know, he's going through the whole law. So this guy starts mouthing off to the cop, and I'm like, ooh, wrong thing to do. <laughs> oh, please right? oh, please tell me this is so, what happened. <laughs> so eventually, eventually the cop loses, you know, we'll just say loses his sense of humor with the situation. <laughs> mm. So the guy ends up in handcuffs in the back of a squad car. Oh, right? yeah, so now he's never having another gun in his life, probably. <laughs> so, so now he's got, you know, trespassing, trying to, you know, trying to illegally purchase a firearm. He's going through all this stuff. And the guy's car is in my driveway, which I knew was going to be a problem because there was Washington tags on the vehicle to begin with. So I said to him, I go, okay, great. You're, you're, you're running the guy in. Yeah. And I go, what about? my driveway he goes get a tow truck to take care of that for you so then he's got a tow bill on top of this plus impounded the vehicle <laughs> all because he was being an a-hole i am luckily by the way I've never that was my last that was my last customer yeah that was the I, end that I, was the end I, of I, it i'd call it right then and there i'm yeah. lucky that our store doesn't have that um, we have great customers because I think like our just our, our customer service in the area we live uh, like it we don't really get that um, you know our, the range even the range we have like our RSOs they're really well trained they're awesome with people whether you're new um, you're you know a seasoned shooter or whatever it's that's not the vibe we get. We even throughout the whole you know pandemic when everyone was buying guns left and right, we didn't have that because I think everyone was starting to kind of realize, like, that's not how you act in gun stores. I've never the problem. In... The problem we were having was is that we had all these people moving in or moving to Montana. There's no gun laws. Well, yeah, actually there are. We just adopt the federal ones. Yeah. Uh, so you just got to follow the federal ones. I mean. In Montana, if you want to own a fully automatic suppressed machine gun, it's allowed as long as it's before you know October of eighty six. Blah blah yeah. blah. It's just got to follow. It's just got to follow the federal laws. 
doesn't matter. Our our law literally says you can own you can own that as long as you don't have criminal intent. The second you have criminal intent, you're not allowed to own it. <laughs> that's that's our law. That, for, honestly, for machine that guns. Sound, yeah, that sounds you know so, kind of common sense. Like but, if you're not a these, criminal, you can have yeah, whatever you want. These people would come in, and they and that's that was the problem. Um, it was these people coming in, and then they would argue with me about the law. Like, no, you don't understand. I understand the law. I mean, I, my, I have a license because of it, right? <laughs> you see this? I, I went through the process. Yeah. So, uh, and it's it sucks because, so when, when the ATF came, when I went out of business, the ATF came and, you know, we're going through the, the books and, and, you know, they're going through my A&D book and the 4473s doing the final inspection and, and, and all that stuff. Um, I was... Over ten years, I was tra- uh, my average was two point three guns a day. Oh wow! Going through my logbook for that's, that's good for a small at home shop for sales. Yeah, like I mean the ATF. You know, I, I start pulling out like boxes of forty four seventy threes. My agent, she's just like, holy crap! Like small FFLs like this. Like we're not used to this. I go, yeah, I was I was in business. I was doing business. Um, <laughs> Well, and, and you add that up, that's a lot of people that I was serving. And six people, actually technically five people, screwed it up for all of my other great customers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I absolutely loved my customers. I did. Um, oh, yeah. I, but, I, I, I can't stress enough that I, I love the, like, I have like a probably like list of like seven people that I deal with that like, uh, it just makes my day when they come to me with certain yeah. questions. Like I have one guy, um, he's a pilot, and he all he is going nonstop flying. And when he comes in, he is the cheeriest person on God's green earth. Always coming over, makes it a special re- you know stop to the shop, goes shooting. He has, might have a question or hey, I'm thinking about doing this. So yeah, bring it in. And it's just like. I, I consider him a friend because it's just he's that good of a customer. Same yeah. with a couple other customers I have. I, if I ever stop gunsmithing and like go on my own and just do content, I am li- it's going to be hard to not see certain people every day be, or every week because of they are just such great people. And I think that's why I, I love working at the shop I work at because I just have such great people that I work with personally and our customers. And like I cannot stress enough the – like camaraderie at the shop I work yeah. at with our customers. Like our customers are our friends, and like they come to us for a reason. They buy those memberships for a reason, and yeah. It and again, you're gonna you're not gonna make everybody happy. It's customer service. You're gonna get that. You're always gonna get a, a Karen or a Ken that wants yeah. to come in and talk down to you. And to be quite honest, I'm not the person to talk down to because I have no tolerance for that. Like that, that's that's. <laughs> Where you get like a bitter gunsmith is when you just, you think you can talk down to people and it's like, no, I love my job, but I have my limits. Like I (laughs) don't. Everybody has limits, right? Yeah. I mean, Uh, yeah. Well, and that's one thing I love with what I love about really good customers is you get that friendship with them, right? Yeah. Um, And you know things, you know what they like, right? So I had one guy, um, he collected old, 
the old Mossberg 22s, they're training rifles yep, from the yep. military, yep. from like World War II. And I know he's very particular about the guns. Right? And I got one that came in, and I looked, I opened this thing up. I'm like, oh man, this. Uh, um, picked up the phone, called him, going, hey man, I got this thing in. It is trashed. He goes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. I go, okay, I, I just wanted to let you know because this is really out of the ordinary for you to buy. He goes, he goes, yeah, I know the gun's completely trash. He goes, I could care less about the gun. He goes, the sights on that gun are worth are worth like there's like two hundred and fifty dollars. They're national match sights that you can't get. <laughs> he goes, I bought the gun for like you know it was like eighty bucks plus yeah. shipping plus transfer. He goes, I'm ahead. On those national match, he goes. I, I'm literally buying it for the sites. Oh, that's. He goes. I tried to get them to just sell me the sites, and they wouldn't. It was a whole package deal. He goes. Okay, well, eighty bucks for a rifle. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can't beat that. Yeah. He goes. Yeah. I, I, he goes. It's a it's a parts gun. Mm-hmm. Whenever, like, I love it when we ever we get like new guns in, and like for a while we were tricking out VP9s because we were getting the optics ready, suppressor height sight. And there's not much you can do with a VP9, but it, it's always fun to, like, talk to people, be like, all right, what type of optic you want to get on this, huh? Oh, you want to get a holster that's optics ready? Um, you know, yeah. oh, we got this, we got that. And, it, like, that was fun. Um, like, or when we had, like, we're still doing the AR build classes with the fixed mag receivers, and people are buying all their tools for the class and doing that. That's fun. You know, it, it's like... We get great customers. Like, I'm really trying to push getting um, a lot more like 2245s in because, or or just like regular Mark IVs or even Smith & Wesson Victories. We get a lot of Victories in, which I like those guns, but they have an issue with blowing out extractors and extractor springs. I don't know why, but like that's a common issue <laughs> that it, they just blow out. Um, so... I'm like really trying to push for that so I can get people more into shooting 22s, but also be like, hey, we can trick these out. Like, have you heard of Tandem Cross? Their victory trigger yeah. is probably the best damn trigger you can get next to, you know, Vakortsen because, you know, Vakortsen is a little bit more expensive. But I like, I well, I love it. There's something about a 22 that's that's like a, a race gun, right? Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. you can have a lot of fun with a 22. And that's um, the thing. So, like, when you get to a shop that actually has well-trained people that understand what a small trigger upgrade can do to a twenty-two, or can understand that just getting a charging handle enhancer on a Mark IV because it has like that those cheese grater serrations, yeah, makes them want to shoot that gun even more. So you get new shooters that they feel like, oh, I'm tricking this gun out. I'm like, you know. Gucci in this out when like they're literally putting a halo charging handle on the back of the bolt release like that's what that's why we do what we do <laughs> you know well, well what's cool is if you can get them excited about a 22 yeah they will probably do a large caliber gun later yeah right yeah i mean that's the whole thing is go buy a gun you know learn it then go play. Then then start messing with it and going. Okay, let's start tricking this out. Let's change out a trigger. Um, if they start learning on a cheaper gun like a twenty two, yep, they can see what they can do and how much fun it is. Yep, you've got them hooked, right? They're yeah. going to come back for something else, and they're going to be active members in the community, and they're going to get on boards and start talking about parts and yeah, yeah, and, and that's then, all. And that's also, all the exciting stuff. 
Yeah, but also I feel it's it gets them more probably politically active too because yes. they become better advocates for the Second Amendment because if they say try passing an AWB or you can't have certain weight triggers, it's you got more people in the community that say, hey, no, I have a upgraded trigger. My gunsmith just upgraded it for me yeah. because this is the reason I'm more accurate and I shoot more with this. Um, that What you're saying doesn't work it doesn't, it, doesn't make, yeah. it doesn't jive so then you get more people politically active and they vote down these unconstitutional bans or laws and possibly vote in people that actually are for the second amendment and can get more of these laws reduced hopefully so the more awareness you have just by starting someone off with replacing a trigger in a 22 or a glock or an mnp can go far beyond what you can possibly think of. And it all comes down to the attitude of the salesman at the shop and the attitude and the yes. relationship you cause with the salesman or the gunsmith at a gunsmith shop. So it's it, one little job can actually potentially help your community out 10 times over than what you think. Yeah, absolutely. So if you, so if you, if you get a grumpy gunsmith, just realize... Listen, man, <laughs> you might be that one customer that makes his day after dealing with a bunch of BS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I totally because um, you know I had one customer. I really, I really liked this guy. Um, he had an Olympic uh, arms AR. Like, I mean, yep. now, now I'm talking about serial number sub 100. I have an Olympic arms in my in my shop right now that I'm trying to upgrade. And I'm having a bitch of a time getting it to well, cycle but it, I, well, I, I know the olympic arms are he sold it right years later the guy that he sold it to needed money so he bought the rifle back this one you know i'll buy it back right so i remember him bringing it in he goes hey man i'm having problems with this gun I'm like okay what's it what's it doing he goes yeah it's doubling on me i'm like Okay, interesting. Nice. So I'm sitting there, and, and it was it was slow. I had no, nothing else to do, and and he's just sitting there. And rather than checking in through the log book, I'm like, let me just deal with this now because there's only so many things it's going to be, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there, and I'm playing. You know, I, I got the upper off, and I'm just playing with the hammer and the trigger, and then all of a sudden, I just this this <laughs> I guess I guess this face of panic went through my face. And he goes, "What?" And I go, if you get this trigger in the right spot with a hammer, this thing will go full. This won't double. This thing will go full. <laughs> and he's just like, what? I'm like, yeah, because I, I, I literally had it to the point where I'm holding the trigger back just a little bit, and the hammer is completely free riding. So it'll just oh, follow the bolt God. home every time. Yep, yep. So, so I'm like, okay. I, I I pull the hand, you know, I pull everything out, and I'm like, just replace the uh, the disconnector, mm -hmm. put it back, playing with it, right? Yeah, that's that'll solve your problem. It was this disconnector was worn down. Oh yeah, yeah. Worn worn down or you know worn down. For those of you on the audio side, I'm using air quotes around worn down. That not quite sure which, not not quite sure which one it was, but. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I was like, I yeah, had that happened with a customer. It was like when I first started and it was like the first AK I had across my bench. And like, I love working on AKs for some reason. I just, I love them. And he's like, oh, it's going full auto on me. I'm like, 
did you buy it new used? He's like, yeah, I just bought it the other day. I bought it at a shop. I haven't really shot. I shot it once and I went a little bit full auto and I opened it up. And like that connection when the hooks meet the hammer and the trigger group, I'm looking at it. I'm like, that's a hundred percent just ground off. Like this is someone <laughs> making with this. And I told the guy, he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to replace the trigger. Don't worry. He's like, oh, dude, thank you so much been happy with that gun ever since but like you see that you're just like yeah really (laughs) like yeah you could tell like it was a decent job that like you had to really look at it like i'm like looking at and i had like the magnifying eyeglasses just to see a little more of the connection i'm like that's barely any sir that that i can see yeah that's but yeah it's a good laugh you know it is i mean it's got something it, you know, it gives you something to, to laugh at. And then mm. I was like, you know, he's like, how much, how much do I owe you? I'm like, uh, 50 bucks. And he's yeah. like, that's all I go. It's a disconnector. That's a couple bucks. It's more, it's more labor of just me sitting here playing with the trigger than anything that you're paying for. Yeah. Like 50 bucks are out the door. And, and, you know, it's one of those things of you see some, you see people, that's the thing. That's a scary thing about a used gun, right? Because you don't know the status of it. Yep. That was a gun, and I'm going to say it was. I'm going to say it was worn. I'm going to say it was purposely done because I don't. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I wasn't yeah, there. Yeah. I don't. It's but me with the AK. I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> you just know that someone can can take a file or a Dremel and then and then. Sh- Shit like that is what gets someone in trouble. Yep. Right? Yep. Because that guy who bought that used gun, if he goes out and shoots it and someone sees it, he's the one the cops are going to come to. Yep. That's why you get a bill of sale whenever you get a gun. <laughs> Absolutely. I just, I, I just moved all my stuff back because like I, I, when I was moving from my apartment back home, I didn't, I was, it was just like a safety thing for me. I moved all my guns to the shop and my, I even moved my little safe to the shop, everything. So I finally got everything back. And in Massachusetts, you get these, um, I call them titles. Uh, it's the state background check showing that you, it's like kind of like the like title of the gun. Like, okay, you yeah. bought it from here. This is your number. I've never, ever saved. I, I've always saved every single one of them. It's just how I keep my records. At one point, I had all my guns laid out on my. I, I, I got a lot of guns. Like I'm not gonna say how much, but I'm. I'm it's I'm a good collection. Heavy. Yeah, I'm rolling heavy, and um, I spent an hour one night just going through all my paperwork and every single one. I still remember. I was so smart doing this. I wrote if I ever sold a gun or if I consigned it. I said consigned it this, consigned it to this shop, sold it to this person around this time so i have a paper trail <laughs> like yep. and I, I have a pretty thick stack and then i also started looking at like oh i don't have this gun anymore damn oh why did i so wish i didn't sell that <laughs> yeah, like, said, and yeah then the glock 21 comes over and i'm like oh, why did i sell that gun god dear lord that's it's I, i'm i'm on the search now if i can find a, a decently priced glock 20 i'm I'm buying it because I wish I never sold that gun. Yeah, there's there's a few there's a few I was sad that I sold um, yeah. that I wish I didn't. But at, at the time, you know, I was I just got my FFL. I needed money to start the shop up, and 
first thing you do is you start sacrificing your own. Um, yep. Yep. I think I'm just and, gonna. I'm, I might frame transfer one and get get a, a Gen three because then I'm looking in my you know accessory bin, and you know all gunsmiths will have this in the shop. But since I'm a you know completely you know obsessed person with guns, I have a whole room of accessories, especially doing YouTube and and bags and holsters. See a holster, a Galco holster for a Glock twenty, and then I'm organizing my ammo. I find like three hundred rounds of ten millimeter. I'm like. I Dude, have come on, man. <laughs> you know those HDX totes you get from you know, like Home Depot. Yep, yep. So you know the black with the yellow. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it is. Um, are they the twenty? I think they're the twenty gallon ones yep. of holsters. <laughs> That's just holsters. There's a twenty yep. gallon one. Of those is holsters. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I, I got a backpack full of them. I, I, I it's just I'm, I'm, I haven't gotten to the the gallon drum yet but i have, I have a full backpack just full of like holsters like now and then if you add the drop leg holsters i have in there too that will just like y- you push that bag open that zipper's ripping open like it, it's just <laughs> so it's, it's, it's gonna be like one of those cartoon cars that get to an exactly. accident it's just gonna explode right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> holsters <laughs> are just going everywhere oh, it's gonna be like the, it's gonna be like the 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 front d10 of an ar right it just, yep. it's just gonna fly <laughs> yep, it's just going everywhere. But the good thing is, a holster's big enough to where when a detent and spring go into the ether of a gunsmith shop, you're not going to lose it because it's a holster. So it's funny you say that because that, that's that's a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like here in the, here in the studio, this used to be the shop, um, and I've shot detents across. And this room is what twenty by twelve, so it's not a huge room. So we were finishing off the drywall and stuff like that. So literally everything in this room had left at one time. And there are detents I still didn't find. There was nothing in the room and I still couldn't find a couple of detents I shot across the room. I don't know where they go. Yeah, I cleaned my shop out probably about six, two months ago where I reorganized everything. I swept the floor up. I refilled all my detent, my front uh, takedown detents and the springs in my like spare parts spent for ARs because I found so many. And when you finally get in the nooks and crannies, you're like, Oh wow. I got some air. Oh, I got some. Discipline. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I ever find those SP one Oh one detent springs, I'm probably just going to lose my mind and be like, Haha, I've got the golden <laughs> ticket. <laughs> it's funny. Cause like when I do disassembly reassembly videos, um, what people don't see is that sometimes you shoot, something across the room because the, the the wonderful world of editing makes it look so easy, right? Oh, so I actually yeah. had someone say, how much, how do you make it look so, you know, how is it so easy for you? I'm like, you don't see the stuff that doesn't make it into the videos. Like, because I'll be sitting here on the table, right? And then all of a sudden something will shoot and I stop. And all I'm doing is I'm listening to where it lands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, okay, it landed over there. <laughs> so... And I'm just like going over. I have one of those uh, magnetic sweepers, so that I, way I can I get like look into that. Get, I get underneath things, and because I, I have carpet in here, and it's kind of like if I ever do this again, I would never do it with this this carpet. So you got like kind of dark carpet, so you never see those detent pins. You you go running along with the magnetic sweeper, and all of a sudden you hear tick, where it just picks it up. You're like oh, there it was, and. 
You have no idea how many times I looked at that magnetic sweeper. I cool. I, well, that wasn't the part I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, definitely, definitely. It happens, man. I, it's it. Do, it totally does. It totally does. So, but so, yeah, it happens. You know, I stuff so when that happens, it's like okay, don't let it ruin your day. But when you got a ton of people ahead of you asking where where's their gun and then you're like i'm spending 20 minutes looking for a detent it and yeah it shot shot across the yeah yeah it just it just adds to it like we were talking before this and yesterday i just either i no and i'm not talking when i break stuff i didn't like it's like donezo forever it's just oh that extends it for another week hold on one second yeah Change of season. Oh man, the change of seasons right now. It's going from like you know abnormally hot and humid to like it's fifty degrees every day. It's going through my sinuses like you wouldn't believe. And oh god, it's miserable. Yeah, uh, change of seasons suck. Yeah. And the problem we have here in Montana is the the season doesn't like change. It kind of will go along. It'll slowly go. Temperature will slowly go down. Go down. Go down. Go down. Then suddenly jack right up and then drop. And you're yep. like. Uh, that's sinus infection coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had this like cold forever, and you know, a couple months back, like a couple weeks back, I'm like, "Did I get the vid?" And I'm like, "Wait a minute, no, I don't. It's just change of season. Like, I get it every year. I'll have a runny nose from now probably till about you know June, and then I'll have a month break, and then you know August comes, and then I'm like, oh, here we go." <laughs> so. See. One of the problems we have here is with the fires. Um, yeah. Smoke will kind of get socked in. And that's what I'd like to call a sinus infection season. Because yep. you, you can't go anywhere and get rid of the smoke. Um, you know, even if you're yeah, – because it's not so bad when it's hot and everybody's got the air conditioners on. But then it'll like, you know, in the summertime, it'll drop down into the 50s at night here. So, you know, you're only running your air conditioning for – you know, like maybe eight hours of the day. So you, everybody opens up the house because your air conditioner's not going to come on. Yep. And then all the smoke comes in. You're like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, it's it. I'm I'm looking forward to the the fall for a little bit, but then it's just we got the winters, so it's. But yeah, also with hate, the winters, you hate the cold. I, I despise it. I freaking despise it. But you know, it's. It's also going to be bringing stuff into the shop now. Hunting season's coming up, so I can already see I'm going to be cleaning a lot more pump-action shotguns. I'm going to be cleaning a lot of uh, 20, uh, you know, 30-06 rifles, scope installs. So it's going to get pretty busy, and um, I'm gearing up for it. So I'm trying to get as much content packed up and made before that, you know, month of just hell comes, and it's like, Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> well, well, it's funny because you got, like, double screwed this weekend on content. So oh. today you were going to go to the range, but, of yeah. course, you got the, the remnants of, of the hurricane. Yeah. And you were supposed to be at IV-8888. Yeah. that. Let's just say Wednesday I was just in the worst mood. Flights got delayed. My ride got kind of it fell through because i was supposed to be riding down with another creator his flight got completely canceled he diverted to go to grpc then the place i was going to stay crapped the bed a comp it just like i literally was like 
I, you got to be kidding me. Like, are you serious? So I, you know, spent 45 minutes on the phone with JetBlue trying to get my flights. And I got I got my money back this time. It's not like when I went to go to NRAM in uh, 2019. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that story? Yeah. 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 Well, for, the, for those who don't know, I, NRAM 2019 was in Nashville. That was right when COVID started. That was the month COVID started. And I lost out on like $700 in flights. And yeah, they you wouldn't were one pissed me. off puppy. Oh, yeah. I was so pissed, <laughs> so pissed. I was like, I I didn't talk to anybody for like a week because I was in such a miserable mood. <laughs> and then I got laid off because of the pandemic, so I had like six months of like stewing on it. I have yet to like you know book a trip down to Tennessee to go see some of my friends and stuff like that, doing content with because I'm still just thinking of. I don't know if I fly in there. What if happens? Well, another, another, you know, global event happens and I lose out on flights this time. <laughs> it's the, it's yeah. just the small things that just get my – go zero to 100 so quick. And well, It's funny because – so I'm gearing up for shot, for shot 23. Or, um, and my wife's like, are, are you going to fly? I'm like, no, I'm going to drive. She's like – well, it takes you like two days to drive there. I'm like, uh, yeah, and you know, in my in my mind, I'm going, I could really make it one, but you know, it does get a little, you know, 13 hours driving straight by yourself does get a little boring. Yep. And she's, you should just fly. I'm like, no, nah, I am not, no, because the airline system, I, I swear, the airline system is the only place in the world where you can have a contract that they can break at will, oh, and yeah. you're screwed. Yep. You're screwed. You're out of everything. Yep. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'd rather drive. That's why I get it. It's, it's worth paying the extra fifty bucks for insurance because I know yeah. the only time I haven't gotten insurance, I have had an insurance issue with flights, is when my when I got jammed up in Orlando, and Spirit like was like, "You're no, sorry, no, you're not getting <laughs> your money back." And I was just like, "I'll take the eight hundred dollar hit on the flight home. I don't care. I'm going home. I just I really don't care. You're done. I'll I'll take the hit, and I still have like." Four hundred dollars in flight cards with Spirit Airlines. I'm, I'm gonna let that expire. I'm I'm all set. You know you do. Yeah. Just just book a flight, use them up, and then no show. Just screw with just screw with their booking system. I could, I could, but I'm not that petty. I'm, it's more of just like you're you're dead to me. Like I never want to speak to you again. Like that's how I am. If I get yeah. burnt really bad, if someone burns me really bad. You're dead to me. Like it, it, there's there's no coming back from that. I I hate you at a cellular <laughs> level now. Um, so <laughs> that that's where I'm at. I don't get petty. I don't get like toxic. I just you you don't exist anymore in my life. Whether it's a company, a a person, uh, a small life event that happens, it's just that's it. We're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if but if we're friends, I'll take a bullet for you, and you're my family. It's it, it's too extreme. So you know, yeah. I just that's just don't fuck me over, and then I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, man, we've been <clears throat> rolling about an hour and a half now. Um, what a uh, yeah, you know, I know you're you've been trying to get out through content, but where where can people find you? Where because I know you do you do more short form content now than ever yeah, than anything. I've been doing a lot of short form content just to kind of keep active, but you can find, you guys can find me on youtube.com forward slash shooting gallery. Any that's where mo a major, pretty much all my content is. I'm also on Instagram at shooting gallery, new England. 
And then I do on TikTok as well, Shooting Gallery NE. That's where the biggest following is when I'm not getting banned. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm also, I just started in a third venture. Not only I have the guns, I have the cigar channel. And now I'm doing a 3D printing channel that is on TikTok and YouTube that will be on today. i got to start filming the video for it. <coughs> Sorry. But yeah, that's awesome. gonna be uh, that's that's gonna be fun. So I'll be posting about that. So something to keep yeah, me busy. I, I'm I'm always I have to do something. Because I know the 3D printing is all new to you. So uh, uh, I'm definitely, it, it's hard not to be. Once you start going down that thing, you're like, huh? I want this. Well, shit. There's an STL file that totally solves my problem. I'm gonna print yeah. it out and just uh, I'm done. I just found a couple hours later. I got a part. Yeah, I found an impact baton uh, SCL file that like it's a fully it's a prints in place, but it fully extends, and I'm like, oh, well, that's that's definitely oh, wow. done right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a it's a plastic baton, like it's not, but like I don't care. I'm like, oh, well, that's gonna be printed right now. <laughs> I literally, that was my morning. I was on printables, and I'm just like, mm, uh, save that one, save that one. <laughs> it's just, I'm, a, I'm 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 just going balls deep into it now. There we go. So we'll wrap up with a speed round. Okay. So would you rather have an AR in nine millimeter or two two three? Two two three. Pistol or would you rather have a pistol or a rifle? Rifle. For hearing protection, would you rather have earplugs or headphones? Headphones all day. Headphones all day. Indoor, outdoor range. Outdoor range. <laughs> outdoor range. That's no question at all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I grew up with indoor ranges, man. Once you get out to outdoor ranges, there's just no there, there's no competition with it. Well, once you have that D bag that brings his 300 wind mag into a 25 yard indoor range, it, and it's not like there's one. There's just one. There's yeah. multiple people that've done it. It kind of kills indoor ranges for you. Yeah, it does. And for the final question, what's the one thing you wanted to say to a customer that you realized that you shouldn't and you didn't? Okay, so preface this. I got, there was this one customer that brought in a firearm that he wanted a simple job, no problem. It was kind of a, you know, budget-friendly rifle. And... For me to do the job, I needed to take out the rear sight that was on the barrel. He wanted pl- he wanted it to be plugged, and I'm like, "Yeah, dude, that they, they don't make that." I called the company. <clears throat> There's no like screws for it. It's that's just where that's what you're gonna to do with. I don't accept that. And like, he he made a pretty big ordeal out of nothing, and like it it. It wasn't like a big problem, but he, when he came to pick it up, I I just wanted to just give him, just unload my day on him and <laughs> tell him exactly what I thought of him. But at the same time, <coughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep coughing. No, um, that's good. Uh, you, <coughs> Jesus, sweet Jesus. See, uh, he's, still get, he's still pissing you off today. Yeah, he, he is. <laughs> I tell you, he is. 
But make a long story short, yeah, I, I wanted to unload my day on him and tell, tell him I think he's the biggest piece of crap on God's green earth and just kind of go straight like Ric Flair promo on him and just tell him what I thought. But you can't do that. You can't. Um, you can't flip out on customers because that's it's, it's it's bad. It's business. unprofessional. Yeah, it's unprofessional. And I I pride myself on being as profe- like one of the most professional people at the job site, within reason. <laughs> within <laughs> reason. <laughs> Sometimes it's warranted. <coughs> Dear Lord, that, and I'm telling you, that's that's God punishing me for not unloading my day on him. <laughs> there you it's go. Like, you see, you're, see, Joe, you, you've held it in so long. That now it's starting to it's starting to come out a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep coughing. It's just the you know, you're, allergies. You're just choking but, the words back, trying to make sure you don't say it. Uh, it's it's been two years of just holding stuff back of saying certain people, and it's just talking about this subject today. It's just like, oh, well, God punishes. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. I appreciate you having me on, dude. I had a fun time. Yeah, man. It's- it's always great having you on because it's always fun. Just, I mean, even with us being on other people's podcasts together, or me on yours, or you're on mine, we just, we just always have a good time. I know. It's, it's, it's we, we, <laughs> there's going to be one day where we should just hit record on our like pre and after chat and just see it, if, if that can make an episode. <laughs> if people ever understood the pre and after chats the two of us have, um, I think they would think that both of us are complete a holes. Oh, yeah, no, we sit, we bitch, and, you know, then we're, like, we're trying to figure out how to take over YouTube and the gun industry, and then also we figure out, oh, wow, we get a channel strike out of nowhere, and then that just sends off to a, we lose it for a couple days. But honestly, we could, I mean, people, we're not, we're not like that, it's just the two of us get a chance, that's the one thing with Joe and I, when we get together, we, we know that we can unload on each other. (laughs) <laughs> and just yep. get frustration out and then we, it's so funny is half the time we get recording like even today we were in the pre-chat beforehand talking going hey we should probably start recording some of this stuff <laughs> yeah it's it's nuts dude absolutely nuts so, but i i always appreciate having me on it's always a good conversation yeah it's always great having <laughs> you on and for everybody in the audience either the audio or the video side i'll have some links down in the comments so you can get right to joe yeah, and Joe, and I promise thank- I don't I don't cough as much during anything else. It's just today <laughs> the, the allergies are kicking my ass. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for jumping on with me today. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. I really like Joe. He's just like sitting down and you know talking to your brother. You just have a good time. Both of us have a great personality that we can really tease each other and and just have fun and. He's got some really, really great TikTok. I am jealous of his TikTok content because he's got some good stuff out there. Now, I'm slowly catching up to him in the bands, but I think he's still ahead of me just a few uh, few bands farther along than I am. But definitely go check out his content because, man, he really, really, really does have good stuff out there. I enjoy watching his stuff. I enjoy his podcast. He has some great guests in there, and I really enjoy having him on my podcast, and I even enjoy being on panels with him. It's just so much fun just knowing Joe. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there, and look forward to talking to you again soon.